Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. And you can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. It has been quite some time since our last episode. Um, I'm fully aware of that. Uh, full disclosure, for those of you who don't know, um, I do work in education. Um, and I have a new position uh, during this year, so uh, not everything was... I'm still getting used to a lot of stuff, and time management, especially at the end of a school year, is very, very difficult. So, yeah. But when last we left each other, it was draft night. The Jets took Sam Darnold, which I was quite surprised by, and um, if we can focus on the NFL for a few moments, uh, at least uh, OTAs, the um, organized uh, team um, event, uh, I forget what the, <laughs> what does the A stand for? Organized team activities, excuse me. Um, so if just focusing on that aspect of the NFL uh, right now, I'm actually, as a Jet fan, very excited because things are looking really good for that. Actually, all the quarterbacks in these OTAs right now are doing really well and getting a lot of good, uh, positive praise outward, um, both um, on the record and off the record. Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, um, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, um, uh, Lamar Jackson, too, especially, is getting a lot of positive um, press right now from his teammates, which is good for Lamar Jackson. I'm really happy to hear that. Um, so that, that is happening. Uh, of course, with the NFL, it's just, they don't know when to make, stop making things worse. They are, they're like any other big business or, um, out of touch, um, wealthy person. Just the fact that you, you don't have the pulse of the public you're not realizing what you're doing and i'm of course speaking about the what the owners decided to be the rules for the uh for the national anthem which is you stand if you don't stand you are liable to, you're, you're likely to be fined um but if you don't wish to be fined you you just stay in the locker room no matter what your opinion is i mean it's just it's just very silly to just hope and, and really what it is is that they came out with this and they did it very back room where the owners sat in a room and discussed it and some say there was a vote some say there weren't a vote and nobody's really sure exactly what happened but because there it was done under such conditions made it worse if it was more public if they had actual votes with names on them that was publicly done and not just all of a sudden, oh, hey, here's the rules. Uh, you know, the Players Union was not a part of this. Just nothing nothing was was um, clear with it. 
and that's the worst part. But I mean, this is the NFL. You know, they own a day of the week. Um, they are the golden shield. You know, for them. <laughs> uh, I mean, look. People can say they're fed up with the NFL. People can say I'm not going to watch this season because of this, that, or the other thing. Um, but it's still going to dominate the headlines. Um, it's still the most popular sport in the United States. Um, I don't know what the shelf life will be, but for the time being, that's all that matters. And in this time right now, they're getting enough money um, from the networks and from you know uh, merchandise sales. People still love it. I personally love the Jets. I don't like the NFL as an organization. But I'm not going to stop wearing my Jets jersey because of what... And and I'm quite frankly, as a Jet fan, I'm actually okay with... It's funny, when Woody Johnson left to become the um, ambassador to to England, um, it was this sort of Prince John uh, situation going on where his brother, Christopher Johnson, took over as a CEO. And he's the one who came out and actually took a stance of, if any of my players get fined, I will gladly pay for it. Um, take that as you want or you will, uh, positive or negative. The point is is that somebody actually did step up to that um, publicly. So as a Jet fan, I, I like the Jets. I don't like the NFL. I don't care about the NFL. That's why I don't wear a shirt or a hat that says NFL on it. I wear a shirt and a, or a hat that says Jets on it because it represents where I live, uh, the area where I live, the fandom I have, and the memories I've had with that. So, you know, it, and again, name me a commissioner who gets cheered. Adam Silver is not beloved. He's not cheered when he's out in public. Gary Bettman has been booed since the 90s. <clears throat> and nobody liked, nobody ever liked uh, uh, an MLB commissioner. Nobody liked, I mean, nobody's actively like positive about uh, Rob Manfred or any. So here's, <laughs> here's how it works as a, um, as a head of a sports organization. You, as, an, as a commissioner, you are either hated or you are neutral. There's no positive. Nobody is positive about uh, a, a sports commissioner. It's just they aren't. Just think about like even if you want to go into fantasy sports, nobody is like actively happy with um, a fantasy commissioner, myself included. Uh, in the uh, Everyman Sports uh, Fantasy Football League, many people dislike my ideas of two kickers or um, over. Uh, Overpointed defenses, but speaking of the Everyman Sport, uh, Everyman Sports Football League, uh, Fantasy Football League uh, registration will be open soon. If you are interested in joining the Everyman Sports Fantasy Football League, please let us know at Everyman Sports on on Twitter, uh, or you can email me uh, everymansports at gmail dot com, or you can even call six two six four two seven seventy six seventy eight. Moving on from football over to the NHL and the dream, the Cinderella team, 
the Vegas Golden Knights made it, have made it all the way to the finals, overcoming the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, either team coming out of the West would have been a great story. The Winnipeg Jets uh, resurrected formerly the second and last team ever to come out of Atlanta, the Thrashers. Just could not handle it. Don't forget, they used to be the Atlanta Flames before they were the Calgary Flames. So now the Flames have returned to Winnipeg. Winnipeg lost their team, and if I remember correctly, they became the Anaheim Ducks. Um, and so here they are. Uh, so Winnipeg moved back into uh, into the league, and they had a very successful season, but unfortunately... Um, the Golden Knights was a bigger story. And I'm very happy that the Capitals, over the Lightning, um, made it to the uh, from the East. And right now, as of this recording, um, the Golden Knights are down three games to one to the Capitals. Uh, Ovechkin, um, the celebrated star, the Russian, uh, the Russian star here in America, um, has had a very good finals. And we'll see if he actually gets his his cup, finally overcoming his peers of Sidney Crosby and and such. So now he's he's making it on his own a little bit. So we'll see if that actually pulls out this this season. Um, again, and either team coming out of the West would be a better story. What well, was going to be a good story, I should say, than just the Capitals. But here they are. Um, is the Golden Knights. So, also, also in the finals right now are the, uh, is the NBA finals. And we had, for the third year in a row, and LeBron's eighth, seventh or eighth finals, I forget. Oh, sorry. His now eighth finals consecutively. We have, again, the Warriors and the Cavs. um, And... LeBron is doing everything that he can, but he is just one man. Um, J.R. Smith deciding just to dribble. He loves to dribble more than shoot. Um, but, and I mean, in Game 3, uh, LeBron started off the game with an alley-oop to himself. I mean, that just shows you exactly how he's feeling. Like, it's just me. There's nothing else anybody can do to help me. I'm on my own against Duran. Durant and uh, Curry and uh, you know Thompson and Iguodala and, and all of them. And look, I mean the Warriors. The Warriors are also they're battle tested, and I don't just mean in the fact that they are um, they're a three time Finals uh, participant. They come from the West, which is by far it's been the stronger division. And I had a discussion with a with a friend of mine, and he was bringing up the. Now he might have been trolling. He might have been trying to goad goad me and some others, but saying that the East is deficient of big time players because they're afraid of LeBron, and they they'll go out west to avoid LeBron. Which okay, if that is true, that's just making the West sm- uh, stronger. But you're also minimizing the amount, the likelihood that you're going to... First of all, you're going to meet LeBron in the finals no matter what. So you can't avoid him if you just go out west. Because if your team does make it to the finals, there's going to be LeBron. 
But what it does, what it has done is it's made the East, the East is just deficient. It is just LeBron cakewalking his way, even with a, you know, a, a three seed. They weren't even, the Cavs were barely, I shouldn't even say barely, but they weren't good enough in the regular season. But once they got to the playoffs, that's when LeBron showed his dominance and his why he is compared to Jordan. And cons- I mean, look, he's he, he is one of the greatest. But to just put him at number one, I, I still I can't do that. Um, you know, he's he's dominant. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, I I still prefer Jordan. I mean, six and zero in the finals. Um, he 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 was just a, he was just a bigger entity in the sport and across the world. I mean, Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. He's his own logo. You know, we talk about how the logo of the NBA is Jerry West. Like that's his nickname. He's the logo. I, Michael Jordan is. Is Jumpman? It's he's his own logo. He's recognizable as a silhouette, and just because. And look, that doesn't mean he's the greatest just because people know who he is. But what he did in the game, and I personally believe that he had better competition than LeBron has. And I point to the fact of when the NBA did their, you know list of 100 greatest, I forget how many it was, like 50 greatest NBA players. Many of them came, were, were current players with Jordan. I, I don't, if you were to match up the competition that Jordan had to have against James, I don't think it's a comparison. Also, Jordan did it against multiple teams with multiple stars. There was there was no era of you know Jordan obviously didn't play in the era of the super team and quite frankly the super team is now just one or two super teams and it's not even one or two it's the Warriors the Warriors are the only super team left because what James is not on a super team I mean Kevin Love is has been very disappointing this season they got rid of Kyrie for Isaiah Thompson Thomas and. They had to kick him out. And again, if you're on a super team, LeBron shouldn't be doing it all by himself. Jordan had Scottie Pippen, yes, but he had a constantly rotating group of... He had Tony Kukoc and um, Bill Cartwright. He had uh, Scott Scott Skiles, um, BJ Armstrong, I mean, Ron Harper. The list goes on. Tony Kukoc, I think I said his name already. The point being... The point being is that it wasn't just Jordan who did it, but it wasn't... Jordan still took the final shot. Jordan was still the one who would take that. And LeBron, look, he's a great teammate. He knows he's smart. He knows to pass it when he needs to. Somebody else needs to take it. But right now, who's he going to pass it to? There's a reason why... LeBron's been dominant this playoff series, this playoff uh, season, because he's the only one who can do it. He's the only one who has the ability. And yeah, Curry and Durant, sure they will be. 
They'll probably be all timers. Uh, maybe Clay Thompson's not. Iguodala is not going to be all timers. I mean, who in the East is a, is an all timer? Um, Dwayne Wade, yeah, I suppose, but you know he didn't he didn't have to face LeBron this playoff season. Um, Kyrie, I don't think Kyrie's going to be an all timer. So, I mean, who has LeBron faced in the East? And who in the West? Okay, Nowitzki. All right, well, James lost to Nowitzki. You know, in that first season with the Heat. Um, Westbrook, maybe. But, you know, he he beat Durant and Westbrook. It just goes to show you Durant was probably is better with Curry than with, uh, with Westbrook. Harden, it's still, I think it, the jury is way, way too out, and it's very early with Harden. We'll have to see. Meanwhile, Jordan had to face Barkley, Kevin Johnson. He had to face uh, Clyde Drexler. He had to face um, Magic and Worthy. He had to face... <laughs> he had to face um, Stockton and Malone. And Peyton and Kemp. Peyton and Kemp, not so much, at least not. But I mean, Malone and Stockton, yes. Uh, Magic, absolutely. Remember, they beat them in five games in 91. So uh, competition-wise, I think. And that has a big big to do with it. You know, uh, as much as I hate Brady, and I've said that, one thing that you can also, when you look at, the teams, some of these teams in the Super Bowl that these big name players go up against, it's rarely are they. Look, Terry Bradshaw beat Vince Ferragamo, uh, Staubach, yes, um, and Tarkenton, you know, another great one too. But uh, the Vince Ferragamo one was, you know, against the, Ra- the Rams, where it's just like, ah, of course they cakewalked over them when looking back in history. You know, Peyton. As much as I love Peyton Manning, he beat Rex Grossman. He lost to Drew Brees, which hurts. And he lost to Russell Westbrook. You know, that's that's a pretty good one, too. I mean, he can't say that he beat Cam Newton because it was that defense. But, you know, Peyton's got a ring uh, for that. You know, I'm a Jet fan. Joe Namath beat, you know, Earl Morrill. Yes, but, you know, the the name is Johnny Unitas. And that was a big part of it. So it's all about who your competition is. Um, and in, you know, baseball, we're really at the top of it. We're, I mean, you can't get better. Players, I think, are playing at their peak more than they ever have. It's also why Babe Ruth, I know I'm doing a lot of, like, just <laughs> look back, but when you think about Babe Ruth, I mean, baseball was re- still relatively young. I mean, it had been around for not even 50 years. 1887, 50, carry the one. Um, Yeah, just under 50 years. So there was, I mean, he was the best out of everybody because he was the best baseball player by far. Whereas now when you, Mike Trout is really good, but he gets lost in the shuffle because everybody seems to be really good. He's also playing in. He, he's he's playing on a team that's the Mets version of Los Angeles. 
you know, ignored and not taken seriously. But still, that has a lot to do with it. So it's, I, you know, basically, look, I, the Cavs are going to lose. They might get swept. It's very likely they will. Um, I, I would like it to go to a fifth game at least uh, so the Warriors can win it at home. Again, I've said it on the show many times. I don't like when teams win on the road, win championships on the road. You don't get the full effect of it, um, which you really, really should do. But uh, you can't always count that. You can't always expect that to happen. <clears throat> Speaking of baseball, another reason for my... Uh, podcast hiatus has been the incredibly depressing turn of this young season for the New York Mets. Um, a season that started out 11-1 and one and nine, a nine-game winning streak and everything just seemingly going right has fallen apart and not just falling apart, but it, it's been embarrassing, which I, I never, I can never get over how difficult it, 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 it is. Starting with their nine, after they went, went 11 in a row, or I'm sorry, 11 and one, they went 16, and they are currently... At they are on a stretch of 16 wins and 31 losses. That's horrendous. I don't need to tell you that. And it all started with uh, a game against the Washington Nationals. The Mets were hosting. Um, I'm going to wax poetic here. The Mets were hosting. The Mets were hosting the Nationals. They had won the previous game. They were their record stood at uh, twelve and two. And the Mets had the lead. Um, Mets had a six to one lead going into the eighth inning. In one inning, they gave up six runs. They used. The, uh, one, two, three, four, five. They used five pitchers in one inning to give up six runs. I mean, uh, they <laughs> they they had two separate pitchers face one batter, and both of them gave up a run each. One via a walk, one via a hit. Nothing worked well that game. Um, at least that inning, and they lost eight to six. I messaged Cody, who a friend of mine who's been a guest on the show in the past, and I said to him, jokingly, half jokingly, but also half serious, get the uh, get the rags and the lighter ready, just have it handy because a loss like that just spelled doom for the season, and I I did not realize how right I would be. Uh, the Nationals are now in first place. 
So we know that they're a good team, and we knew they were going to be a good team. Everything that right that went wrong in May for so many teams have has now righted itself. The Yankees have gotten off. Giancarlo Stanton has gotten hot, and they are off to a great stretch right now. The Red Sox have been good all season so far. Milwaukee has picked it up. The Nationals are in first place right now. Some surprises that we didn't expect, at least this early in the season, specifically the Phillies and the Braves, which really burns me. You know, everybody's been talking about um, Acuna, the Braves, big player, and um, a lot of the young players for both the Phillies and the Braves have come around earlier than expected. And so now the Mets are basically fighting off the Marlins for last place. I mean, and it's not just the losing, but as I mentioned, the embarrassment. The Mets batted out of order. It, it's it, it's silly. It's stupid. And it's not the kind of, because it's been brought up by many other major leaguers, that the only other times I've ever seen a team batting out of order in Major League Baseball is on a double switch, and there have been mistakes. This was the first inning of a game. They put out on social media what the lineup was, and then they had a different written lineup for the game. In the first inning, they screwed they screwed up and lost out a chance on possibly a run scored because they batted out of order. That's what you expect out of out of a team I love. That's what I expect out of the Mets. But it's the fact that it has to be um that has to be proved. That has to come to fruition. And then just recently there was a fire at City Field. This is the kind of stuff that doesn't... These aren't jokes. These are honest, serious things. It was a small controlled fire, but still it was a fire. And when we joke about how um, Met seasons turn into dumpster fires, and when they're on a stretch where they've lost twice as many as, twice as, many as they've won... It just goes to show you that no matter what, you can always count on a lot of things. Death, taxes, and the New York Mets becoming the butt of everybody's jokes. I still love the team, but just don't tease me with this out-of-nowhere expectation. And to hear that, oh, the pitching's pretty good. But, you know, then they trade Matt Harvey because he did terribly this season. He he has not come back from his <clears throat> from his surgery. He's not the pitcher he once was. And that just like the Mets season can be, uh, the downfall can be pointed to one inning of one game. We can point to Matt Harvey's career, the turning point, of one inning of one game, game five of the uh, 2015 World Series. I'm sorry, 2000, no, I was right, 2015 World Series. Very painful. So, oh, a World Cup coming up this summer, very exciting. Um, there's a lot more to talk about, but I'm just going to leave it here. <laughs> I've uh I've thoroughly depressed myself so uh I'm okay though don't worry
Um, but, uh, you know, and also now that football's starting to pick back up, I'm interested. But, of course, because of all the off-the-field stuff, it just takes away from it. World Cup I'm really going to be involved with. Um, oh, and we have a possible another, only a few short years after American Pharaoh um, finally became a Triple Crown winner. We have Justified, who is um, fast approaching, having won both the uh, the first two legs of the Triple Crown, the Kentucky Derby and also the Belmont Stakes. As we're coming up to, I'm sorry, the Preakness Stakes, as we're coming up to the Belmont Stakes, the Preakness, not the Belmont. The point is, is that Justified is putting itself in position to likely to become another Triple Crown winner, which will be something to watch uh, upcoming uh, shortly after this episode uh, is put up. So we'll talk about that. I'll have to get my father on, who is a uh, horse racing uh, guy. I know a guy. He knows horse racing. Thank you very much for joining me this episode. We'll talk to you soon. You can always call us. 626-427-7678. Talk about what you want to talk about. And we'll have some fun. Thank you very much. Andrew, who is currently starring in some New York operas. Take it away. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.